Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you today. Uh, many of you have heard uh, me talk about this principle that, that people who are losing their capacity to feel reverence, uh, particularly reverence for life, are in danger of losing a, a great deal more. Uh, as a society, we've we've lost a lot when it comes to reverence over the last several decades, and especially over the last couple of years. Uh, reverence for life, reverence for others, reverence for principles of justice and equality, reverence for freedom, uh, all have been eroded uh, by all kinds of uh, contempt. The cancer of contempt has, has taken so much of that. And so when it comes to, to that reverence uh, and that appreciation for others, for life, for dignity, uh, we can't afford to lose a whole lot more. And I think that's what we have to get to. Uh, tomorrow, January 27th, uh, has been uh, declared by the United Nations General Assembly uh, as the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. So this is tomorrow, January 27th. Uh, it is the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Uh, and as I said, it is the, the International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And if you go back in history and, and look at those horrific events, uh, over 6 million uh, Jews uh, slaughtered and killed, uh, it all started with some very simple elements of contempt and that lack of reverence for life. Uh, contempt is that belief in the worthlessness of another human being. And when we allow contempt to control our thoughts, our words, and our actions, uh, that is ultimately the result. Uh, and so as we strive to extend that remembrance, that honor, honoring of the six million Jewish victims of the Holocaust, millions of others uh, of victims, victims of Nazism, uh, the, the focus of the day of remembrance is to really develop educational programs that help to prevent future genocides, that again, restore us to that focus uh, on a reverence for life. And so if you go back uh, to January 27th, 1945, uh, Soviet troops entered Auschwitz, um, freeing survivors uh, of that network of concentration camps. And uh, it really was a, a group of, of camps. There were three uh, in particular, uh, a lot, along with a, a host of others that were smaller kind of satellite camps, about 40 of them in all. Uh, and the atrocities that took place there, uh, we know all about. And it's important for us to remember uh, so that we can be out in front 
and recognize what it is that actually leads to that, to that kind of genocide. And then how do we continue to move forward? Because that's ultimately the test. It isn't enough to to pause and bow our heads or say a prayer or to remember uh, what happened at Auschwitz uh, and other places uh, during that war and during that uh, season of suffering. Uh, there has to be more to it because we have to be able to move forward in a way that is dignified, in a way that builds mutual understanding. And we we have to, to get to that uh, because I, I fear one of the things that we have in our nation today is, is an extreme indifference uh, to human life. Uh, that's the opposite of reverence in my view. Uh, and it comes from contempt uh, because the moment I have contempt for you, the moment I decide that you're worthless because you disagree with me, then that enables me to do a host of things I wouldn't normally do, especially on social media. And we have to get past that. Uh, it has been said that more than a political polarization problem this country has, what we really have is a contempt problem uh, because we allow ourselves and we allow social media channels, we allow the the rhetoric, the demonization of other people, the, belittle, the belittling, the dehumanizing uh, that takes place in so many of our political discussions, so many of our political campaigns, so much of, of news media uh, across all the platforms uh, that we have to come back. And so this is a day uh, to remember and to reset and to refocus uh, to where our attention should be. Uh, last year, of course, we had uh, a great conversation uh, with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs uh, from Great Britain. He passed away late last year, uh, was a, a, an incredible moral voice to the world. And in his efforts uh, to to teach about the Holocaust, uh, to really take it beyond the, the trauma and the backward-looking, uh, he taught some things, and he prepared some things. Of course he prepared some things, because that's what Rabbi Sachs was constantly doing. Uh, he's actually prepared a whole year of teaching uh, that is being rolled out uh, after his passing uh, from this life uh, that are just stirring. Uh, I read them every week. Uh, it's become part of my study uh, and my own development is to read what he prepared, uh, knowing he likely wouldn't be around to see it. And so one of those things that he has prepared uh, was this uh, teaching, uh, how to teach the Holocaust beyond the trauma. Here's what he had to say. There was a class from a Jewish secondary school who'd just come back from a trip to Auschwitz. And they were talking about their feelings. And their feelings were completely inchoate. They were traumatized. But they didn't know what to do with that trauma. Because nobody had given them a framework to set it in, a story, something or other that connected us here now to what happened to others there and then. There's nothing explanatory there. There's nothing to say, where do we go from here? And therefore, we've got to tell a story out of this. Steven Spielberg in Schindler's List comes to the bottom line, a single life is like a universe. Viktor Frankl comes out with this powerful line, don't ask what you want from life, ask what life needs from you. Edith Eager, in that incredible book she published when she was 90, her first book, a survivor not only of Auschwitz, but of the death march, 
And there's a woman who's taken her pain and used it to heal the pain of others and teach them not to look back at the past, but to say, wow, we're free. You can open the door and walk out of this room. Don't take that for granted. Don't assume you won't one day have to fight for it. All of these are very positive messages. And the Holocaust experience has to be embedded in those messages if it's not simply to be a trauma. I love how Rabbi Sachs is is always promoting uh, what what comes next. Uh, he had this incredible ability to see beyond, to see the far horizon. And we need to look to that. We need to look to that horizon because it will help us get our gaze away from the noise, the clamor, the chatter that so often feel, fills our days uh, in a in a very divided country, uh, and so we we have to to look at things differently, and we have to recognize where the the real threats are, and so many of those real threats uh, begin at home, and begin in our homes, in our neighborhoods. They begin on our Twitter feeds, by the way, and our social media posts. Uh, it, it does begin with each of us individually. And I believe it starts with that reverence for other people, that reverence for life. And whether that is a life that is similar to your own or a life that is filled with ideas and opinions and perspectives that are vastly different from your own, respecting that, having reverence for that is what the nation really needs. Uh, because I'm, I'm convinced that the greatest threat to America has little to do with the occupant of the White House or who wins the next election. It has everything to do with what we, the people, choose to do. And will we choose to reverence life? Will we choose to to stand for the things that do matter? Will we be willing to engage, and not just engage, but to listen to people who have views different from our own? The tragedy that took place in the Holocaust, again, started with words. Long, long before there were camps, long before there were gas chambers, there was hate and there was contempt and there was that demonization of those that were different because once you have contempt for them and you, re- and you make it known that you believe that their life has no value, then a concentration camp is okay and a gas chamber is all right. In this nation, it can never be so. And so as we go into tomorrow's International Holocaust Remembrance Day, uh, I hope that we will remember, that we will remember truly that uh, it isn't about Congress or Washington. The greatest threat is what we, the people, choose to do. And do we have reverence for every life. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.